I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. From cranberries to cows and everything in between, this is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming. You guys are going to be getting a solo episode from me today. And because we kicked off our harvest season today, let's talk about cranberry harvest. I know I've talked about this um, in the past, but it's it's been a minute. Um, so I figured I could sit down with you guys and kind of walk you through the entire process in a little bit more detail. I will try to post some videos um, on social media so you guys can see some of the footage because it's really hard to describe cranberry harvest unless you see the equipment that's being used just because um, there's no other crop that gets harvested the way that ours does. So some of the equipment that I'm going to be explaining sounds a little wonky. So I'll try to post some videos so you can see what I'm talking about. So um, keep an eye out for that later on in the week um, or next week and hopefully it'll all make sense then. So let's let's dive right into it. Um, so if you follow me on social media, you probably saw me posting about harvest um, in September, um, but that was for our early harvest. So there are different varieties of cranberries, um, and there's no real difference in like the shape, the texture, um, the taste. Essentially, like if I gave you two different varieties of cranberries, there's like a slim to none chance that if you did a blind taste test, you could tell the difference between the two. I don't even know if I could tell the difference between the two. I could. I'm just kidding. But it's they they're almost identical. The only real difference between the different varieties is there are different harvest interval rates on them. So some varieties, like our early varieties, they can be harvested a little bit earlier, like again, mid to end September, just because they don't need extreme cold temperatures to turn a deep dark red color like some of the other varieties do. Um, so cranberries are kind of like apples in that sense where they need cool temperatures to continue developing their color. So all cranberries start out growing. Um, they are a white fruit and the cranberry, the fruit itself grows on a low running vine and those little, those low running vines produce uprights, like little stalks that shoot up, upright. And on those uprights, the fruit grows on the uprights more towards the bottom. And then on the top, top of that upright vine is where all the foliage is, so all of the leaves. So they're grown, like they're produced this way because the foliage acts as a protector to the fruit that's growing underneath. So um, any, any, like if you walk out there, that's why you're not damaging a ton of fruit is because that foliage kind of protects the fruit underneath. It protects them from the extreme elements like the heat in the summer. Um, it protects them from a lot of weather elements. It's just a protector for the fruit. Um, but because of that, the fruit that grows on top, closer towards the top of the vine, um, when they are exposed to the sunlight in the summer, uh, that's how the color process begins. So they start by getting their color by getting exposed to the sun and getting sunburnt. And then um, the continuous sun continues to turn them red. And then once we start getting those cool temperatures at night, those cool temperatures are what really turns the fruit that deep dark red color. So if you ever get... Um, a white berry in a bag of fresh cranberries, 
it doesn't mean that it's not ripe. It just hasn't had cold temp. It hasn't been exposed to cold temperatures. It turned a dark red color. So that berry that you have, it probably was grown closer to the ground than closer to the leaves. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, so the way that you check to see if a cranberry is ripe is if you crack the cranberry open, look inside, and there's going to be seeds. And if the cranberry is ripe, those seeds will be brown. And if they're not ripe, they're going to be like a greenish, whitish color. Um, so my family grows fruit for Ocean Spray, which is a family uh, farmer-owned co-op. Um, so all of our fruit is contracted to be processed. So when I'm explaining this harvest process, this is just how my family does it. This is how we harvest for processed fruit. Um, the process for harvesting for fresh fruit um, is a completely different process. If you guys are interested in hearing more about the fresh fruit harvest, I can find somebody to talk to and kind of walk us through that process. But um, again, this is just what my family does. This isn't the same for everybody. So let me just throw that little disclaimer out there. Um, so let's let's dive right into it. So today we started our full harvest. So we already did our early varieties, and that took us about two weeks off and on. So now the varieties that we're harvesting now, they're kind of more like a standard variety. So they don't need, they still need cool temperatures, but not as extreme as our later varieties, which aren't ready to be harvested until like later in October. Um, so we plant different varieties just so we're not harvesting everything all at once. So we can kind of space ourselves out and harvest everything, you know, not all in one or two weeks, which is nice. So let's talk a little bit more about the cranberry plant. It is a perennial plant, which means it can grow and produce fruit year after year. Some of our oldest vines on our property um, are, are over 50 years old. Five zero, uh, so they do produce year after year. Um, they are also uh, a very they're native to North America. So um, as soon as that fruit is harvested off of the vine, the plant will just shut down and go dormant throughout the winter months, and then they will continue to regrow again in the spring once we start getting warmer temperatures. So right now we have fruit growing on the vines, obviously, and there's also a bud developed for next season as well. So we have to be really careful this time of year to protect the berries um, from too extreme cold temperatures. So we don't want frost sticking to the fruit um, and freezing the fruit. We don't want frost sticking to the buds and killing off the buds for next year's crop. So cranberries are not grown in water, but we do use water throughout the year to kelp help keep the plants healthy and protected from all sorts of weather elements. So from the heat and like the drought that we had this summer, we used water to irrigate the plants quite a bit. We also use them in the spring and in the fall for frost protection. Um, again, that running water helps keep the plants protected. And then we use majority of the water during the harvest process. So that's the image that I'm sure you're all familiar with, like the ocean spray commercials um, with the cranberries growing out in the water. That's not what they look like all year round. It's only just a couple of weeks out of the year. So don't let the commercials bamboozle you. That's just harvest. They're not like that all year round. Um, I can walk out there, you know, any other week of the year and my feet will be completely dry. Um, it's just, again, for harvest when, when it looks like that. So so let me let me paint a picture of the marsh for you. So when I talk about the cranberry marsh, that's our entire property. And when I talk about a cranberry bed, 
that's just the individual plots that the vines are growing in. And a typical cranberry bed is um, on our property is about like an acre, acre and a half um, in a rectangular shape. And these cranberry beds, they're dug down into the ground a little ways because we are in a marshy area. We have a very high water table. So we dig these beds down into the ground. So when they're planted, the plants are, when the vines are planted, the roots are closer to that natural groundwater. And then the roots are just moist <laughs> all the time. Um, and, and surrounding the beds, there's going to be a ditch. So it's dug even farther down. It's just the bed is elevated and then the ditch surrounds the entire bed. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Again, check out my page. You can see pictures and then I'll try to post more as well. Um, so when it's time to start harvesting, there's we have ponds throughout the property or reservoirs, whatever you want to call them. They're all man-made. Um, so we dug out these large ponds and then we saved all that sand and we use that to build the beds that the cranberries are growing in. So we're always recycling everything that we use. So nothing ever really goes to waste out here. So we dug these man-made ponds and reservoirs. It's all groundwater that we're having. Um, we dig that sand out. We keep it. We use it throughout the property. And all these reservoirs are connected to larger ditches through a series of tubes. So there's... it. It's called a bulkhead, uh, which is the tube. So off of the pond, there's going to be a big tube that can like goes underground and it will connect the pond to a larger ditch. And this ditch has no other purpose than to just move this water back and forth. So the way that we keep water from going from the pond into the ditches is we stack boards in the head of this tube. We just stack it up and it creates a barrier, keeps the water from going in or out. Um, so when we're, when it comes time to harvest, we can pull those boards from the pond bulkhead and that allows water to flow in and then that fills up the larger ditches and then these larger ditches, it kind of makes like, it's, it's all connected. So like these ditches will, there's many of them and they just connect to all of the cranberry beds. Is this making sense? So once we fill up the ditches, all of the ditches are connected to the individual beds by more smaller bulkheads. And again, these bulkheads throughout the year, they're going to be stacked with boards. But when it comes time to harvesting like a certain section, we'll pull boards and let water flow from the ditch into the bed. Is this making sense? Again, I'll post a video. So if you guys are confused, head over to Instagram or Facebook and check out the video. It, hopefully it makes a little bit more sense. So we flow water into the beds and we want about like six to eight inches of water covering the vines before we start getting the fruit off of the vines. Once we have about six to eight inches of water in, we shut the water off and we let this tractor, it's called a harrow. Um, and this tractor, it has tracks instead of wheels. And then on the front and on the back, it has metal rakes. So this tractor we have metal ramps that it will drive from the top of the dam down into the bed. So it's driving right on top of the vines. And we add that water in there originally uh, to kind of soften the blow of the tracks on the vines. So it's not just like pressure on pressure. And the harrow will drop the rakes down to the ground and he'll just drive in a straight pass. 
will go one way down and then those rakes are just combing the berries right off the vine. So it's not damaging the plant at all. Just think of like brushing your hair and getting like the knots out. That's basically what this harrow tractor is doing. It's just combing the berries right off the vine. So he makes one pass down and then he has another set of ramps on the opposite end of the bed and he'll drive straight out and then he'll come back in and then he'll make another straight pass through and he just does that same process until all of the berries are off of the vines. So we want to use those ramps so he, the harrow tractor is not making any sharp turns in the bed because that will tear up the vine. So um, again, just think of like that pressure and turning on a vine that's already in water. It, it'll just rip things up. So we want to be as gentle as possible doing this process. So this, this can, I don't know, this probably takes like an hour or so to get all the berries off the vine. It's pretty slick. It's, uh, this, this Harrow tractor was created by cranberry growers. So we don't have, um, like large tractor companies making equipment for us, uh, just because we are such a small industry, um, that, you know, it would be silly for like, say John Deere to make equipment just for cranberry growers because there's so few of us (laughs) that, you know, that would just be a waste of money for them. So um, the Harrow tractor was invented by a grower and then another grower saw it and then took that idea, made it his own version on his property. And then it just kind of like got passed around in that way. So if you go to like our neighbor's property and their Harrow looks nothing like ours, you know, we made it the way we want it. They make it the way they want it, but it's all generally the same concept. It's essentially a tractor with rakes on the front and on the back what it looks like is up to that particular farm. So once we have all the berries combed off the vines, um, Dan is our water guy. So he's the one that's moving all the water around throughout harvest. Uh, Once the harrow is done, he really pulls that water. He pulls more boards down um, in that bulkhead on the bed. And then that just pushes more water into the bed. And we want 24 inches total roughly of water um, just so all of the vine tips are buried underneath water. So when we come in to corral all of the berries, it's just easier for the berries to be corralled and not getting tangled up in the vines below. So once we have all of the berries floating, cranberries float by the way, because if you crack them open, there's four hollow chambers inside that create little air pockets that makes them float. So now, you know, um, so once all the fruit are floating, we come in with two tractors and on the back of each tractor, there's a big metal reel. And on those reels, we have what we call cranberry boom. And this is the same type of boom that's used to like corral oil spills. So it's kind of like this floating corral. I don't know. I don't know how to describe these very well. So it's like, it's, it's, it's foldable. Like it rolls well, it floats, it corrals well. <laughs> Am I painting a good picture for you guys? So these two tractors will back up to each other on the short end of the bed. Uh, They'll butt up like butt to butt. Um, And then one tractor will take the cranberry boom from the opposite tractor's reel. He'll hook that boom up to the front of his own tractor. And on the front of both tractors, there's like this big blower um, that's pointing down into the beds. So the tractor that has a boom hook up to him, he will start driving and he'll go the length of the bed until they have enough boom out, depending on how big the crop is. So it could be like 
600 feet of boom, we'll say. Um, so once all of that boom is off of the stationary tractor, he'll wave for the other tractor to stop. This is going to get confusing. There's a lot of this tractor, that tractor, um, but there's one stationary tractor, and then there's another tractor that's driving and pulling this boom out. Hopefully that makes sense. So once the tractor has stopped, after all of that boom is out, um, the tractor that has been stationary will unhook the boom from his own reel, hook it to the front of his tractor, and turn his blower on, and he will drive the opposite length of the bed. And the blower serves a purpose because it's blowing air and pushing away any cranberries that are along like the ditch or along like the grass um, of, of the dams. So that cranberry boom can just like snake its way in there and get every single cranberry in the corral. So then these two tractors are driving the length of the bed and then they meet in one corner on the opposite side from where they started. So they meet in one corner, unhook their cranberry boom from their tractors, stake it into the ground, and then you have that nice ring of cranberries and they're not going anywhere. I hope that makes sense. That's like the hardest part to explain. <laughs> Basically, they just corral the cranberries in a big circle, put it, they stake it down, and then we come in with a pickup crew. So I am a part of the pickup crew. I run the berry pump. Uh, this is another piece of equipment that's kind of hard to explain other than the fact that it's just a big vacuum. Uh, so it's like this big cart and like I can drive it around and there's an upper platform that's tall enough. So I'm looking over the back of the semi. So it's pretty tall. Um, and this berry pump, we drive it up and we park it and we, it has this big long boom arm that goes out into the water and, uh, in, in like the center of the corral and we place this boom underwater there's like a metal um, pan that sits below the surface of the water and then above on top of the water there's this metal square and this metal square has nozzles and the nozzles blow water on top of the fruit so when we turn this pump on it will push water it will push water and then it sucks at the same time. So as it's blasting water on top of the cranberries, it's kind of cleaning the fruit while it's still in the water. So it's hopefully trying to get rid of any extra leaves or sticks, anything that we don't want. And all of the, all of the berries get sucked up underneath the pan, underneath the water. And then it travels up this big tube to the top of the platform where I'm standing and then once the berries come to the top of the platform, they get circulated through like this big metal bin. Um, so it's full of water and cranberries. And then from this big metal bin, it goes down a decline. And as it's going down a decline, there are these little metal grates. There's like three tiers uh, to these grates um, that go downhill. And these grates are spaced perfectly enough apart so any small fruit that won't get counted towards our overall weight from ocean spray um, will fall through those grates or any like leaves or sticks. Again, anything that we don't want, it will fall through those grates. And then there's another tube down below those grates that uh, pulls all of the water and all of the um, leaves and sticks and it shoots it out the opposite end and it'll go into the back of a dump truck where there's another tube hooked up into the dump truck that will flush all of the water back into the bed. 
So again, everything is getting reused and recycled, but all of the leaves and sticks will stay in the dump truck. And then once that truck is full, um, it gets spread out into a field kind of like as a compost pile. But all of the good fruit that we want to keep that reaches the size requirements, it falls down those grates and it'll go into the back of a semi-truck. And then those semi-trucks um, head straight to the ocean spray plant. We have a trucking service that hauls the trailers for us uh, about 20 minutes to the nearest ocean spray plant where it goes through a cooler. It, go, it gets cleaned and weighed um, and sorted through. And then all of the fruit that is able to be kept, that's what we're paid based off of. And then um, that fruit will go into a cooler until it's ready to be used. So from the time we start flooding into the time it's in the cooler, it's about a 48-hour process, roughly. So it's pretty quick. Hold on. I'm parched. <sighs> okay. So once we get all of the fruit picked up out of the bed, it kind of depends on the size of the bed um, and the crop we're having, how many semi-truck full of fruit we get. Um, let's say we have an acre and a half bed. We can typically get like Two, sem two full semis off of that. So cranberries are weighed and measured in barrels, which is 100 pounds. And we shoot for like 500 barrels of cranberries per acre. And a typical bed size is like an acre and a half, roughly in size. Um, so I'll let you guys do the math on that because I don't, I don't know. It's a lot of fruit that we're picking up. Um, and it's a pretty quick turnaround. So once all the fruit is picked up, we move the berry pump, move all of our equipment onto the next bed, and then we start the whole process over again. Now, once all the fruit is picked up, um, Dan will actually pull, there's two bulkheads in every bed. So there's one on one side and there's one on the other side. There's an inlet and an outlet. And once all of the fruit is picked up, he'll open up the boards on the outlet side, push all of the water out, and then it goes back into the ditch and gets recirculated back into the pond where it came from. And any water that might still linger through will filter through the vines, filter through the sand, and then it's returned to groundwater. And fun fact, the water is usually oftentimes cleaner after it gets filtered through and after we use the water than when it was when we first got it. So the vines and sand act as a filter and clean out some some stuff, make it cleaner when it's returned back to nature. So um, that's kind of harvest in a nutshell. I hope that makes sense. Um, so we just repeat that process until we're done. It's it's a lot. Like today, um, it was like 85 degrees, which is hot. I don't really remember a lot of times harvesting in October when it was that hot. And by the end of the week, it'll be I think the high is 50 degrees on Friday. So we're kind of really experiencing all of Wisconsin's elements this week. Um, so there are years when it's so cold that it's snowing. Um, we work through, we look, we work through literally everything unless except lightning. We work through rain, we work through snow, we work through sleet, like all the nasty stuff we're working through it. We don't really stop for much. Um, but if it is really cold, um, like if the weather is cold enough to freeze the water overnight and we have fruit floating, um, 
that's not like the ideal situation. So the thing with cranberries is this is also why the grocery stores can't keep fresh cranberries all year round is they don't do well being frozen, thawed, frozen, and thawed again. So it's hard to keep in stock. So the, the, um, integrity of the flesh breaks down the more that the fruit is frozen especially in water Um, so when it's the fruit if we have fruit floating and there's water out there and it freezes and the water turns to ice and the next morning we have to chip through the ice to get to the fruit and like break everything up that compromises like the firmness of the fruit which isn't always the best so if you are in the market to buy fresh fruit Um, When you see it in grocery stores, you can buy it in bulk if you want to use cranberries throughout the year. Um, Cranberries do freeze well the one time. Uh, You can throw them, clean them when you get them, make sure they're super dry, lay them flat in a freezer bag, throw them in your freezer, and they will keep for up to a year in your freezer. So stock up while you find them. This This is your PSA. Buy cranberries in bulk if you like using them throughout the year for baking, um, or cooking whatever you want to use cranberries for. They do freeze well. They thaw pretty fast, but just don't freeze them again. Anyway, that's cranberry harvest in a nutshell. If you guys have questions for me, please reach out. I would love to talk about it more. I'm, I might be forgetting some things because I talk about this quite a bit. <laughs> so if I left something out, let me know. Um, if something didn't make sense, whatever. I would love to talk cranberries with you guys. Hopefully, again, I hope this all makes sense. Um, Keep an eye out for social media because I'll be posting videos on there with maybe a little bit better explanation. Maybe. I don't know. Um, But thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Um, I appreciate you guys following along um, and, and tuning in every week. So thank you guys. If you haven't already, we love seeing reviews on our podcast. It also helps our ratings um, and helps helps new people to find our show. So if you haven't left us a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to us on, we would love to see that. Um, again, that just really helps us overall. So thank you if you already have. Um, and if you're not following us on Facebook or Instagram, check us out at Forward Farming Podcast. I'm over at Cranberry Chats and Becca is over at Becca Hobie. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week.